roads where we're going we don't need the greatest movie of all time <laughs> today on the show back to the future two the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast it's the greatest movie come on and hear me now greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast it's the greatest movie podcast it's the greatest movie Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time, the podcast in which I, your co-host, the Ayatollah of rock and roller, Rick Barrasso. And everyone knows me here as the Big Deck Boski, <laughs> which makes true. no sense and in, 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 with no context. No, but I mean, everyone knows you as that. And uh, Deck Boski, we, we have a guest today, don't we? Yes, we do. He is a business owner artist, guitar player, lover of drums, lover of fine wine, pleasure guru, and god of sex, the great Lucas Lamont. Hello. Welcome Thank to the show, Lucas. And uh, we the are... The was a lie, by the way. What's no. that? The last part was a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's going to make it sound good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> going to pump those tires a little bit. But uh, we, as we do every week, are going to watch one of every single movie ever made and we're going to help decide which is the greatest of them all how are you guys doing today excellent very well thank you excellent well i'm glad to have you here and today we are continuing sequel month with back to the future part two but let's take care of a little bit of business first and uh last week we had a uh sort of semi-contentious episode about temple of doom so Indiana Jones, that was a uh, that was a fun one. Always fun to disagree a little bit. I think Derek liked it a little bit more than I did, but I'm I'm just right, you know. I'm right. <laughs> well, let's put let's put it this way: all the Indiana Jones movies before Crystal Skull are great. That's it. Don't say anything else. Well, you listen to that episode and judge <laughs> for yourself. You can listen to that episode or episode in the original Back to the Future. We had Chris Bonapane on as a guest friend of the show or any of our library or on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or on whatever app you use to listen to fine podcasts. Subscribe and review if you can. It would be extremely helpful for the show. Five stars only. And uh, if, you, if you have anything you want to say to us, if you have anything you want, you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We are the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We are at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And of course, as our dear friend from a movie that came out the same year as this one, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. Today, though, we're going back to Back to the Future. Back to the Future 2, it's a 1989 sci-fi comedy follow-up to the 1985 classic original, again directed by Robert Zemeckis. It stars Michael J. Fox as the Marty's McFly, Christopher Lloyd as Dr. Emmett Brown, Thomas Wilson as Biff and Griff Tannen, Elizabeth Shue taking over as Jennifer Parker slash McFly, and definitely not Crispin Glover as George McFly. <laughs> it did 
$336 million on a $40 million budget. It's got a 7.8 on the Internet Movie Database, a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 57% on Metacritic. Fuck Metacritic. (laughs) Although it did give The Godfather 100%, so I agree with him there. But 57? That's an F. Yeah, that's a little lame. Well... Let's go into some of the uh, some of the reviews at the uh, at the time. So, let's go with the two probably titans of film criticism, two most famous. Ebert actually gives it a three out of four. Basically, said it was fun, and of course, the demon Gene Siskel gives it two point five out of four, and said it lacks the fun and the heart of the original. So, and and really, a lot of the reviews at the time, the contemporary reviews, are either like hey, it's a good time at the movies, or it's just kind of a mess. So let's talk about when we when we first saw this, our early memories of this one. Derek, do you recall when you first saw Back to the Future Two? Um, I I don't know. I don't. I remember Back to the Future Part Three was like a big part of my childhood. That was like the fun one. It was cowboys, and I was a kid, and it was a lot of fun. But one and two never. I never. I mean, I definitely saw them at some point, but I, they never like really got to me until later in life. And then I remember seeing one, and then I watched two, and I was like. Two is just, it's, they just go everywhere. They go back, they go forward, they go alternate. They, they do everything you want them to do. And I think it's the most jam-packed fun of, of the three. And um, I think I've seen it the most now out of all, out of all three of them. But uh, yeah, I can't pinpoint when I first saw it. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I saw one a long time. Like there were years in between me seeing one and two. I, I knew, like I... I'd gotten a VHS tape of, of part one and loved it. And then probably saw part two on TV at some point. And I do like it. I do like it. I just don't think it's a lovely original. Uh, Lucas, do you remember your first time seeing this movie or some of the early times you saw this one? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't remember the first time I saw it, but it wasn't too long after it came out. Cause I remember my, my father's a huge fan of these movies. And so it was, you know, he kind of ran the, he, he was the keeper of the remote growing up. So he, you know, if, if he wanted to watch it, we'd watch it. So it wasn't too long after it came out. I don't remember the exact moment, but I do remember because, you know, two and three were shot consecutively. I remember watching those and then needing to go back being a little bit older to rewatch number one and watch them all the way through. So, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just remember it being, uh, played often in my house for sure yeah and i mean that that is something to say about the movie i think this is probably the the earliest uh, example i can think of where sequels were shot back to back like the matrix did that lord of the rings famously shot all mm. three at once the hobbit stuff like that but i i don't think anything before that did did quite the same thing so that that is interesting, and it, it is. I, I like that there's just a, a preview of part three at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like part of like the VHS tape that I had. I was like, oh, it's a special oh, thing they made yeah. now, but it wasn't. It was like they they actually put that on there, and I was like, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah very cool. Interesting. Seems very Spielbergy. I think he was like, well, we're gonna do this. Like, I can call my shot. I don't know if you guys noticed this too, but I watched it again today, and I realized when they show you part three, everything that they show you was totally reshot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially Emma Brown is like, come on, Tannen, with this gun. I'm like, he does not say it like that in the movie. Like, I could tell, like, the dialogue was different, but um, still cool. You see that in trailers even today. Like, yeah. Just, they, these movies, these huge movies, they are 
like I feel like workshopped and they're edited right up to release almost. That's weird because there's even like I remember the trailer for Two Towers. It was like it shows Eowyn with a sword in the caves underneath Helm, Helm's Deep. She's about to kill an orc, and they, the scene is not even a deleted scene. It's just not in the movie at all. And I was like, they shot that for the trailer, and it just didn't exist. Like it was very odd. Yeah, that like, is tra- weird. Trailers are weird like that. Or, or, or they pulled something off the cutting room floor and was like, oh shit, we forgot to put this in the the trailer. Or, <laughs> right. Or, or, or we'll just use it for the trailer. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's odd. That's a pet peeve. Right. Pet peeve for sure. Yeah. We've talked about it a bit. Some of you listening may not have seen this movie somehow. So as we do each week, Derek, you're going to throw 30 seconds on your Spotify and pick a song to listen to while I describe the events of the movie to get you an idea at least of what happens. Derek, do you have a song queued up? Yeah, I do. It's Old Man by Neil Young. Yeah, very, very appropriate for this nice. old, old Did- Biff song. No, I mean this is this is old Biff by uh, Neil Young. <laughs> old, Biff. <laughs> old Biff, take a look at him. That's my life. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Doc, Marty, and Jennifer go to the far future of 2015 to save their child, Marty Jr., from being arrested. Jennifer sees their future family living a miserable existence where Marty has an injured arm. Marty tries to take a sports almanac back to the past to make money, but it's taken by Biff, who creates a horrible future where he's Donald Trump and has killed George McFly. (laughs) Marty and Doc must head back to 1955 to stop Biff from creating a horrible future where a man like Donald Trump could be in power. They succeed. But time. Oh, you did your best. I did. I did. Uh, Unfortunately, no one's ever going to know how this movie ends. We won't know what happened to Doc. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a lot in this movie to pack into 30 seconds. There really is. Yeah, there's too much. Yeah, (laughs) there is. I could have talked faster, but I need the Trump jokes to land. Uh, (laughs) Well, Well, it did. Congratulations. (laughs) Well done. Well done. (laughs) All right. So. That's what happens in the movie. Watch to the end to see what happens to Doc. That's a setup part three. But we are going to go over, as we do every week, our top three favorite scenes in this movie. So I'll, I'll start. My number three, and we say scenes. It's a loose definition of scenes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's your favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Whatever you want to talk about, basically. So my number three is is Marty confronting Trump Biff about the sports almanac. And he's he sees the you know Clint Eastwood metal plate in the in the chest that yeah that, that's paid off in the next movie, confronts him and Biff chases him to the rooftop and Doc comes up and knocks him out with the uh the 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 door of the DeLorean. It's just Marty being a little shit and just like and just <laughs> annoying Biff. It's great. I love it. Derek, what's your three? Just just to, just to to talk about that a little bit. I one joke I have, an inside joke I have with my buddy Steve, Steve Constantino, who's been on the show. You know, Marty and 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 Biff Biff Trump are going at it, and uh, and Biff's like being an asshole to him. He's like he's like, all right, I'll tell you all about it. Take a seat. Sit down. <laughs> and then after that, later he's just like. For some reason, says something super nice to him. He's like, "You know your history, very good." <laughs> and for some reason, that line always sticks out to me. And I just, I wrote to my friend Steve that I just wrote, "Biff, always trying to be nice and educate people, <laughs> and like tell them compliments." You know your history, very good. 
Um, anyways, my number three scene is when Jennifer meets her future self and she sees the whole family and they're having that small little pizza. And I think that whole scene is just a whole lot of fun. It's what I really wanted. Like when I think of time travel, and I think of like things like that, like alternate universes. That's what I want to see. Like I want to see like people seeing themselves when they're old and like, you know, you, you see, uh, you see Marty Jr. And he's such a goofball. And, uh, and then his sister, who, by the way, some people I know didn't know that was Michael J. Fox dressed up in, as, a, as a girl, which is pretty obvious. Just Michael Name J. names. Fox. Who was it? Steve Constantino. I just oh, mentioned okay. it He did not know after all these years that was Michael J. Fox. I'm like, that's just him with a wig on. <laughs> um, but I love the way he's like, he's like, uh, Mom, mom, is that you? And looks right at the camera like that's the big like reveal. Like it's Michael J. Fox is a girl. I love that like a breaking the fourth wall type thing. And then you know uh, the grandparents come over. Clearly not Crispin Glover, and he's like upside down because he has an injury. So like we want to make sure you can't tell it's Crispin Glover. And she brings a little Pizza Hut pizza, and she and then they're like, who's gonna eat all that? And again, he's like, I will. The grandfather. It's just like so funny the whole scene. And then of course um, Marty and freaking Needles flee from the Chili Peppers having this conversation. Without, uh, without thinking about it, how old would you say Marty looks? Marty he looks? It's hard because like the makeup isn't phenomenal, but like, I don't know, I guess he's 50, maybe? He's, yeah. I feel like he's, he's supposed to be like 47. Okay, yeah. And I feel like he looks a lot older than that. I feel like he's like, looks like he's in his 60s. He looks, he looks better now with Parkinson's disease. I don't know about that, Rick. I don't know about that. I think he does. He's been in stuff relatively recently. I mean, that's a good compliment. But yeah, that whole scene is just so much fun. Uh, I can recite the whole scene and uh, I don't know. I I love all the goofy goofiness of it. Um, And yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my three. So we talked about this in our, in our, our original episode, but Lucas, I want you to weigh in. Who's your preferred Jennifer? Oh, definitely Elizabeth Shue. Oh, you're, oh, you're out of your mind. No. See, I, 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 so here's the thing. Elizabeth Shue, here's the thing. Okay, the other actress who played Jennifer, she quit acting because her mom was sick. She yeah. was going to continue doing them. I think she's much better looking than Elizabeth Shue personally. If we're going that direction, I think she's much better looking. Not, e- not even, uh, not even looks wise, because I think they're both beautiful women, but. But, but Jennifer but had a bigger. Character. But, but she had more fun lines in the second one. The first one, she's so reserved that she, maybe it wasn't the actress's fault that she was more reserved. She, I think she's way cooler in part one. Okay. My opinion. All right. All right. Put it on social media. We'll I just, see what I, people think. I had a crush on Elizabeth Shue as a kid, so it just it, it works out. You know, the worst thing about her character, though, is in the beginning when they reshoot that that beginning scene, you know, with the, the Toyota yeah, truck. Yeah. Um, because she has to act like Claudia Wells. Yeah. And the, the whatever wig she's wearing was beat as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was going on? It was, like, all sideways and, like, this giant, like, cowlick on the top oh i never noticed that it's terrible it's terrible it's it's the worst i watched it with my daughter she's 11 years old and of course she's like a fashionista right she's like what what is she wearing what why is her hair like that <laughs> first of all the 80s second of all i have no idea what's going on with the hair Zemeckis yeah, they, was like he was like i, I, I gotta film the shoe just just wear it they tried yeah. to kind of make her look like the other actress it just did it didn't work yeah yeah i mean that's that's it's an awkward scene. Everyone has to. I feel like everyone's a little bit worse in the reshot scene than they were at the end of part one. <laughs> totally, uh, totally. But, but you know what though? One of my pet peeves about movies in general is when they do change it, an actor, and I know that that's necessary. But I I kind of appreciated the fact that they reshot that scene to almost 
almost warm you up to the new Jennifer. Right, you know? right. Yeah. They, they, they needed to or else you would have been lost, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. So I thought that was good. Yeah, they, and they, yeah they, they had to just because it was – I mean, it was picking up right at the second the part yeah. one left off. Right. They couldn't really avoid that. So, Lucas, what's your, what's your number three scene? Yeah, I got I to gotta riff off of what Derek was saying. <clears throat> um, that whole family get-together scene is is so good and one of the things that i'm constantly mimicking at home is is the uh his boss mcfly yeah. you know? like and i think that's hilarious and all the all the facts like 2015 fax machines like whatever <laughs> like you're fired coming out and, and then his mother's like you know marty what is this what, what's going on nothing man he's got like the two ties on I just, I love that scene. And, and actually when I was rewatching it, you know, Derek and I are guitar players and, and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. What is that guitar? Remember he sits down and he's like, starts jamming on his, on his electric a little bit. Yeah. And that's a Paul Reed Smith guitar. And just for the guitar nerds out there, Paul Reed Smith didn't start until 1985. And this movie was shot in 1989. So, or, or put out in 1989. And, Paul Reed Smith is considered like the Stradivarius of guitars. So uh, I thought it was pretty cool that he worked one of his guitars so early on into this movie. And it's, it's pretty slick looking. So my, my little geek section there. Um, but uh, yeah, I love that. The pizza, I mean, is, is, uh, is, is freaking classic. I don't know why they haven't made those. Um, I did read that they had Pizza Hut actually sent like a pizza prep, a pizza fluffer, maybe you could call it pizza fluffer from Domino or from uh, Pizza Hut to make sure that the pizza looked like a Pizza Hut pizza. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, you know, it did. And I am not a Pizza Hut fan. So I think no. it looked appropriately gross. Yeah, oh, looked, well, looked well Pizza Hut's Pizza Hut's at least better than Domino's. And don't even fight me on that. Oh, there's a new no. Domino's that just opened up here in town. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like a Domino's, Domino's is way better than Pizza Hut. Pizza you, Hut's Rick, gross. I can't even explain to you how wrong you are. I haven't had I, Pizza Hut. <laughs> I haven't had Pizza Hut since I was 10, but I'd still eat that over whatever Domino's. Yeah, you say you haven't had Pizza Hut you're, you're 10. That explains your opinion. Domino's sucks, dude. When's the last okay. time you had Domino's? I mean, probably like within a year and it sucked. So you chose Domino's over Pizza Hut, which you think is better? I would choose dog shit over, nah, maybe not dog shit over Domino's. I'd probably still but like you Domino's. But you still chose Domino's over Pizza Hut. Well, Pizza Hut has the cookie, has the cookie dessert, the big chocolate chip cookie. How could you go wrong? And we're talking about, we're not talking about cookies. We're not talking oh, about, oh, oh, talking oh about okay, pizza. okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't know you meant just the pizza. I'm talking well, about what restaurant, else are we talking about? restaurant versus restaurant. We're going pizza v. pizza. Okay, fine. I still think pizza is probably better. But you know what? You know what? Okay. Over 20 years. All right. All right. I, I will try both back to back within the next couple of months. All right. I promise to you. I'm doing no carbs, so I can't do the same. But <laughs> Luke, I, Luke, I just mentioned that scene where he's talking to his boss and like, or, or needles and at the bottom, it just shows like facts about them. And it's like, dislikes beer. I love that. <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I do want to, I do want to uh, point out that the very late 80s, early 90s fear of Japanese industry taking over American jobs yes. is weirdly in this movie. It's, it's very like, it kind of takes me out of it. It's like, it's a weird like time capsule for a movie that is, is not really that uh, in, in a lot of ways. And, and the fact that Flea is playing needles is just always kind of weird to me. <laughs> So my number two is the sequence where Marty is sneaking through the enchantment under the sea dance and trying to avoid himself. 
and like knocks himself out. His 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 past self knocks himself out with the door, and that goes into the car chase where he uses the hoverboard to to get the almanac, at least to the end of the movie, and uh, and defeat Biff again. Yep. Uh, just a super fun scene, super fun sequence, and just I mean, this, I feel like these types of action scenes are what this series does best. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, and also Billy Zane's great uh, line, how did he change his clothes so fast? Let's talk about Billy Zane for a second. <laughs> he leaves, He's a teenager from California. Why does he have a Southern accent? <laughs> I mean, maybe his family moved there a year before. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. He's from, he comes from like Louisiana and Biff's like, hey, new kid, want to be in my gang? Well, gee whiz, Biff, I think it'll be great to be in your gang. <laughs> and the other kid's wearing 3D glasses. I mean, how is he, how is he living? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Derek, what do you have for two? He just sees everybody as red or blue instead of white and black. Um, <laughs> let's see. I picked the alternate 1985 sequence when we were introduced to, uh, to, to Biff Trump and all that stuff. And st- the scene with, you know, when Marty jumps into his house and it's like the girl in bed screaming at him and the father's like, I'm going to get you. And he's like at the bat and he's like, and Marty's like, I just want to know what's going on, which he says so many times instead of being like, wait, let me explain myself. He's always like, I just want to know what's going on. Like they don't know what he's talking about. So, and then Marty goes to Strickland's house. And uh, I love that whole sequence. And then everybody, <laughs> the car drives by, they're shooting Strickland. There's just so much chaos everywhere. And he goes up, and, he, and I think one of my favorite moments of this entire sequence is when Marty's watching the video of how Biff made his fortune and married his mother. And the scream, <laughs> Michael J. Fox, when Biff, like, Frenches his mother. He's like, no! <laughs> I love the scream. And then the three friggin' henchmen just, like, beat him over the head with something. It's so violent. Like, what? What? And then they go upstairs, Marty wakes up and he sees his mom and she's got big boobs and he's like, you're so big. <laughs> it's just like such a great line. And then, you know, of course, uh, Biff is like, I'll, ca- I'll cancel all your kids' credit cards and they'll all be uh, jailbirds, just like your brother, Joey. Like, I like how they, he just puts in all those details of the family. Uh, and then, of course, going into the scene you mentioned before, Rick, which uh, is phenomenal. Uh, but that's my number two. That whole alternate 85 is. And then, and then of course, Doc Brown explaining Having to explain to Marty, no, 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 this, if we go to the future, we will, we will be in the future of this alternate version of 85. It's so cool how they explain it because they need to, because I'm even lost. And then I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for putting that scene in there. <laughs> but that's my number two. You know, I wonder, at this point, Marty has seen Biff basically sexually assault his mother twice. Yeah. How do you, once, once you get, once he gets back to the original timeline, how do you just not kill Biff on set? Well, I'll tell you this. There is a moment where I think it's at the end of the movie when I think the scene you mentioned was the big, the big chase scene where uh, Marty's back into Doc Brown's DeLorean. And he's like, why don't we just go down and crush his car with ours? Yeah. Like literally killing Biff. And Doc Brown's like, are you kidding me? His car will go right through ours. And uh, not like, let's not kill Biff. for the Right. Not, like, not, like, not just oh, because I was like, be upset. Yeah. That, yeah my Marty is basically saying, let's murder Biff. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Doc's like, I get it, but no, we can't. We, it's, it's <laughs> we can't. It's, DeLoreans are very rare in every timeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't, can't get those parts back. It, just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. I, I, I like that it's a very it's, – it's a callback to previous episode. It's a wonderful life in a lot of ways where, you know, George comes to the, the, the timeline he didn't exist 
and sees, you know, it's Potterville. Yeah. It's, totally. It's probably, it probably got a lot of influence from that, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. But yeah. Definitely. All right, Lucas, what do you have for your number two scene? Yeah, number two would definitely have to be uh, when they go back to 1955 and doc's got like the uh the suitcase full of money from different time time periods and and gives like these crappy little walkie talkies like stay in touch i'm thinking clearly whoever wrote this hasn't played with walkie talkies like that as a kid because you get farther than 10 feet apart and they they crack up but these I, are, I ma- these are magic ones and he's like yeah he's like try not to you know try to blend in and here's marty in like a, a leather jacket and a fedora <laughs> Be conspicuous. Uh, yeah. Be conspicuous. The, he, he finds Biff, right? And I was thinking about this today. Like, you know, most of the time in, in, in movies, like the bad, like Biff is the bad guy, right? Uh, there's usually something that, you know, you, you kind of feel for him. You know, like, oh, like Hans Gruber, you know, he's just doing his best or what, whatever. You, you know, he came from Germany trying to, what you could find something that you can like, I don't know, feel bad for. Like Biff is just an asshole from like beginning just, to end, yeah. right? And a he's like- giant hole of shit. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like yelling at his mom. And his mom's like, come back and rub my feet. And like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to the dance, ma, or, or whatever it was. And then he takes the kid's ball and he kicks it up onto the roof. And he's and like- the, oh, the, oh, the evil laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Like, like there's nothing, uh, nothing good about this person at all. So like Marty jumps in the back of the car. Oh, what happened? 300 bucks to my car. Yeah, five yeah old Biff and, and 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 young Biff are having the conversation. That that scene is classic. I mean, it's just it's so freaking good. And uh, you know, okay, old man, whatever. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? And he smacks him upside the head, and it's like make like a tree and leave, you idiot. Um, and, and that's how good Thomas Wilson is in this movie. Is that they were like, we're gonna film a long scene with two Thomas Wilsons. Yeah. Well, it's oh, also yeah. Biff is such an asshole. He's even a jerk to himself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. yes, absolutely. Good, po- good point. Good yes, point. <laughs> like both Biffs are jerks to each other. Oh man, he's like tossing the paint right on top of Marty. And he's yeah, like, yeah. Like I feel that pain like so bad. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a great. That whole scene is is brilliant. In my and life. another thing, how do you know where I live? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, now I'm blanking on on quotes from the movie, but uh, yeah, there's so uh, many good ones. Really, the whole movie yeah, is just a good quote. Yeah, that's that's a problem tonight. Blanking on quotes from the movie. Yeah, so I would say, so this is now a, a a common thread, I guess, in my favorite scenes, where each of my three favorite scenes has something in common, and the common thread through this one is that it's Thomas Wilson as a different character chasing Marty because my number one scene is the hoverboard chase and it's Griff trying to chase Marty and, and get him down and like, and, and get him beat him up, I guess. And really just from the, just the whole 19 uh, or 2015 sequence yeah, from the, the jaws advertisement to the uh, like all the, the, technology that's just like a little bit off from what we had like not quite there you know to the to the hoverboards themselves and just the 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 throwbacks to the yeah i think what was my number one scene in in part one 
with the uh, the skateboard chase. So I just love it. Again, these types of scenes are what this franchise does best. So that leads me to my question. Of all the Back to the Future 2 2015 technology, what what do you guys want the most? What do you want to be real? I mean, the hoverboards are pretty cool, but um, I don't know. I like those... Uh... I like the the, the, the the clothes that dry on their own are pretty cool. The shoes that go on like that, like that was pretty badass. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the hoverboard. I mean, it's cliche, but it's true. It's like a lightsaber, you know? I want a lightsaber, I want a hoverboard. Yeah. I mean, you know. And if you had a lightsaber on a hoverboard, you'd be unstoppable. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you got to get on this. <clears throat> but um, yeah, definitely, definitely a hoverboard. Flying cars I could do without. You know the fl- the flying Jeep chair or Jeep Wrangler. You know that's whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, did you guys ever see the Last Starfighter? I know this is off topic. Not not really though. Remember the old movie, The Last Starfighter? No. Okay. Uh, but, but okay, the car that the kid gets picked up in is one of the parked cars in uh, the future futuristic scene. And I guess oh. there's a car a car from uh, uh, Blade Runner as well, like hidden in the background. Oh, cool. Interesting. Little Easter eggs. Little, yeah. You know, I think the rejuvenation mask that, uh, that Doc Brown has, I think that's, uh, now is, is he, does this like de-age him? He looks the same. I think that's the joke, right? I think, yeah, that's, that's what I, yeah. Well, he's, he says, oh, it, it took, it took 40 years off of me. Yeah, he looks exactly the same. He looks exactly. Yeah. I always thought as a kid, I always thought he looked the same, like all the time. Right. It, like, but now, yeah, you know, watching it now, it's like okay, the fifty-five version does look, you know, does does look younger. Actually, you know what? I might change my mind. The coolest thing was when, like, when Biff was paying for the taxi and he like put his thumb up to it and paid with it with his thumb. That was cool. That was pretty. Oh, they should do that nowadays. I don't. I don't need credit cards. I don't need cash. Just take the money out of my spirit. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm rich with love, therefore I have money. It it also implies that uh because they is like, oh here's a like antique, like a dustbuster. Does it like does that imply that there aren't vacuum cleaners anymore? There's no need for vacuum cleaners. Well she mentions remember the almanac, she's like it it even has the dust cover back before we made dust repellent paper. Oh, okay. So I wonder if maybe we're in a post-dust world. We're in a post-dust world, man. I mean, the carpets and the floors are anti-dust. So. That's a fun. That's a fun little detail I didn't realize. No more yeah. dust in the future. Yeah. It'd be interesting. No more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Derek, what do you have for your uh, what do you have for your number one scene? So we can keep talking about the same scene, but mine starts a little bit earlier because I love the uh, cafe eighty scene up to when um griff is chasing i I think griff in general is just my favorite part of this movie because he's just so nuts and uh just all the facial reactions and him and his like new gang and this you know and one of them is like i think played um uh bruce lee in the bruce lee movie (laughs) and yeah like luke kang he played luke kang in mortal kombat oh did he was was he looking at is it Uh, i've actually got the list of characters uh his name is uh jason scott lee Oh damn! Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's not. Well, unless it's in the very recent Mortal Kombat movie, but no, 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 no the, the yeah. whole no, that the, was a uh, Robin Shaw, I believe, in the uh, in the the nineties Mortal Kombat. Oh, you know what? I'm getting them mixed up. You're right. You're right. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Um, yeah, but yeah, I like um, you know, that whole scene and just like the uh, 
you know, j- just the dialogue and like, you know, keep pedaling you two. The way his his like, you know, he skips like words and stuff, and he's just like crazy. And then uh, just his facial reaction when like Marty goes behind like the uh, the table and he's like, just sit down and shut up. And he ra- he rises differently, and like Griff yep. looks at him like he's a different person. Like his his eyes widen. I just think Thomas Wilson is just fantastic in this scene and uh, you know when uh thomas like biff like griff rises up and he's way taller than marty mcfly and it's like beat it beat it <laughs> it's, it's such a cool scene and uh and then they go on the chase and everything um it's just fantastic i love i think it's so quotable like all the little parts where like he, the kid, the guy's like, "Hey, you dojo, those boys don't walk on wa- work on water unless you've got power." <laughs> the crazy laugh and shit, like those moments for me are all like just embedded into my childhood. Like I can recite that whole scene just from all the weird sound effects and noises. And then he has a little chicken noise and the kind of on his clothes. I adore this scene. This is my number one scene. Just like from Cafe Eighties all the way up to the newspaper changing and when he's like, I'm framed. I was framed. All that stuff is just fantastic to me. Love it. Awesome. And then of course Biff being like, something very familiar about all this. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't don't forget the part with uh, Elijah Wood trying to figure out how to Oh play yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a baby's game. A, what you mean you have to use your hands? Yeah, yeah. Baby's game. Hilarious. Yeah, amazing. All right, Lucas, what do you have for your number one? Uh, it's really tough. I mean, I'm going to have to kind of kind of skip a part of one scene and part of another, which I just, I love the scene where he meets uh, the Donald Trump Biff, but the end of that scene where they're on the rooftop, you know, uh, kill, what, what does he say? Killed two, two McFlies with the same gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and he he realizes that his dad, you know he killed his dad, and and then he drops off the the building, you know, to land on top of the DeLorean and knock knock Biff out, which is so stupid but so amazing. And, yeah. then, and why I like that uh, scene so much is I heard uh, a rumor. Some friend of mine was talking about it, and he was like, "Do you know there's a theory that that Marty McFly actually gets killed several times throughout the three movies?" Or, or not the three movies, but the second, no, I'm sorry, the second movie. And Doc goes back each time to sort of fix the problem. And the scene where he falls off the side of the building uh, or the roof of the building is, is one of those scenes where actually he misses the DeLorean or he doesn't, you know, he dies. And so Doc goes back to play that scene over again, make sure that the DeLorean is in the right spot. So I just, I love that scene. I think it's fantastic. And then I'm going to run that into the last scene of the movie where was it Western Union shows yeah. up? Because I'm every time I watch it, it's I, I have the same reaction like, oh my God, what happened? What happened to Doc? What's going to happen now? He's stuck in 1955, and and Doc's nowhere, you know. And then the the guy shows up with the the pouring rain and the fedora and the car and comes out and it looks like he's reaching for a gun, but he's got this old envelope and. <laughs> He's like, the doc's alive. He's alive. And I just think that that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, the one scene where, you know, right before that, where the lightning strikes the DeLorean and the, the flag, uh, you know, floats down and it's like sizzling still from, from, the, from the lightning and he catches it and it's all emotional. I just, I think that scene's great. So yeah, might, might be kind of a downer last uh, f- favorite scene of the movie, but I just, I love that ending scene a lot. Don't worry, I, do, I do ties all the time, so. 
You do what? You, you, like, you, you sort of did like a tie, like that was a tie. Yeah, like, I, your that, first yeah. I do that all the time, so don't okay. worry. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> so yeah. yeah I, I don't know how many of these Derek has done and just chosen three people. Uh, yeah. Three, I, three scenes. Uh, you know what? You know, I did it this time. Did, all right. No, I didn't. I have, I have four people, but we'll get to that. Oh, you cheater. Yeah. So let's, before we get to that, though, let's talk about our least favorite part of the movie. So I would say my least favorite part is the fucking George McFly, Crispin Glover impersonator. <laughs> just, like, just don't have him in the scene. Just, just don't have him in the scene. Yep. It's not, it's not that fucking difficult. He doesn't, the character doesn't serve any purpose in the scene whatsoever. No. He really doesn't need to be there. You could shoot around it. Uh, well, he should. He should have just been dead. Maybe he passed away or something, and just right, like, right. Don't even mention it, or just, or even just be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Grandpa George couldn't come." You know, it's <laughs> interesting though, and and I hope it's okay to get like, you know, film dorky, but uh, yeah. Oh, that's we welcome it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Crispin Glover sued the producer because they didn't give or they didn't get his permission to basically fake 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 him being in the movie or well they they used yeah. his scene they used his scenes from the first one too a couple of times and they, they didn't get permission for that either i i, I remember correctly yeah, yeah. It, it actually ended up there are like new rules in in the screen actors exactly. guild because exactly. of this yeah 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 so leave it up to crispin glover to do something like you know pull that well <laughs> well i, I did so, yeah what's interesting is why he didn't want to be in this one because it's so crispin glover and yes. it's it's like he felt that the rewards for Marty at the end of the first one were too material. Right. Like the fact that he got the truck is like, it was, and, and that's such a, like a very eighties thing. It's like, Oh, you get the new toys. And he was just like, no, it should be about like, he got the, like the love of his parents for, in like in a better <laughs> spot. And like, right, right. to be with this girl. And he was like, no, we got the fucking truck. Like that's bullshit. There's money be in it. I think part of, it too, part of it too was the fact that he used violence to solve the problem, which is to knock Biff out in 1955. And because of that, you know, he's got the nice house and he's a successful writer and, and all that, which I'm like, you know, pull the stick out of your ass, man. I mean, you're awesome, but this is, this is movie making 101. Like, yeah, Have you read the original script hmm. of, of the original Back to the Future? Uh, I know there's so something about him going back to like, was it Vietnam and dodging the draft or something like that? I can't remember. Well, two major differences for, from the original one as far as, you know, is, is relevant to the you know, recent conversations that we've had. Instead of using a DeLorean and, and having the, the lightning strike the clock, Marty hides in a refrigerator at the site of a nuclear bomb test. And that's how they no. know because it stops the clock. No. Uh, Oh, they saved that for... Crystal. They saved that for Crystal Skull. So throw back to last week's uh, Temple of Doom episode, Indiana Jones. They uh, they reused that. And also, instead of becoming an author, George's punch is so devastating. Oh, he becomes a prize fighter, right? He becomes the middleweight champion of the world. I had no idea. That's hilarious and amazing. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go that direction. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Crispin Glover as a boxer would be just incredible. Although I will say, you know, out of everything we've talked about, black belt or something in martial arts, isn't he? So I'd I'd buy it in a second. Yeah, it it sucks that Crispin Glover wasn't in this movie, but I mean, and everyone thinks he's a nutcase, which might be, but the whole cast has always been like Crispin Glover's comedy timing is impeccable. Um, So they all said really nice things about him, which was kind of cool. Yeah. 
No, he he's awesome. I love. I, I'll watch anything with him in it. Yep. All right, Derek, what's your least favorite part of this? So I have two things. One is pretty quick. Um, I didn't like the fact that Marty was reading the letter in the rain. I just feel like get in the fucking car, get under the umbrella, for God's sake. The letter's getting soaked. You might not be able to read it. It's gonna, the ink's going to get all fu- – it just bothered me. Like a little thing, that just a little nitpicky thing. Like just you, – you, you, I don't know. It just bothered me. And the other thing was – so there's a scene where they are in the future, and they go to go find Jennifer because she's been dropped off at her house, and she's going to see her, her, her new self, her old self. And Biff escapes with the DeLorean and comes back. And when he comes out of the DeLorean, he is in a lot of pain. Mm. It beca- and the reason is, as the director explained it, Biff got killed by Lorraine in the, in the Biff future, in the uh, Biff-Trump future. She shot him and killed him, and he is becoming non-existent. That's why he's in pain. But they do not show that in the movie. So all you know is that Biff is hurt. What happened? What the hell happened? Why is he hurt? Makes no sense. But they should have added that scene in where it explains that he was killed and he's going to be disappearing. And I would have loved to have seen that, but that's something that's, I guess if I didn't read the special facts about the movie, I never would have known that. And that scene would have been like, okay, Biff got out of the DeLorean and he's injured. So I I just thought that was kind of a thing that they should have expanded on. Good point. Yeah, yeah. and this is why, and I mean, this is why I think not that I dislike this movie by any means. Why you know, one of the reasons why part one is the best of the series because there is not an ounce of fat. There is nothing that doesn't make sense in part one. It is a perfect script, and this one is just a fun movie. And it I mean, H- Huey Lewis finds the band too loud. I mean, that's bullshit. That's a lie. So that, that's fat. Yeah, right but there. that that pays <laughs> off later. <laughs> that yeah, but that that pays off later and like. Biff getting shot and being in pain doesn't pay off later. Let's just, let's let's just agree. Let's just agree, let's that, just agree that you're wrong. I'm correct. Okay, Derek, what do you say? Uh, so Lucas, what is your, what's your least favorite part of the movie? So it's, it's definitely kind of a theme throughout the movie. I don't believe in the first film. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's anything about Marty getting all pissy about being nothing. called nothing. Right? About what? A pissy about what? About being called chicken. Being called chicken. Oh, Okay. So I like how that works through the second movie and the third movie even because it, it comes in handy and I think it, it makes for some great, great scenes. But it kind of just shows up like, oh, we're supposed to believe that he, you know, gets all in his panties in a twist over being called chicken. Um, and along with that, uh, the scene, as much as I love the scene with the family get together in the future, I don't like it when a character explains something because someone thinks that the audience is stupid and hasn't seen oh i know what you're talking about too. yeah he's gonna explain like well ever since and she's got like this weird like oh oh, shut up but she's like you know ever ever since that you know he was called chicken and then he got in the accident he wasn't able to play the guitar anymore and i just hate that scene i'm like you're explaining way too much it doesn't sound right it doesn't sound natural right right i can't I can't stand her as an old an old woman. She doesn't she doesn't work to, well. To but. me, that whole scene, and that's why it didn't make my my top three. It's so sticky, like it's so like it's that it's the fake George. It's like Marty and drag. Like imagine if in part one they went back and instead of you know Jason Hervey and like a baby, it was just like you know 
Michael J. Fox's head on like a kid's body or something. <laughs> like, that's been the amazing. equivalent. Like it'd be, it's, it's like it's, it's totally. It brings it into a totally different realm. I will say this though. I will say this. There, there is this. You know, we talked about how we hate when things are explained to us like that. There is only one scene I can think of that is worse than that, and that is in the final Hobbit movie, when Legolas's father, Three Angel, at the end is like, "Go meet Strider." Like it's so forced into like Fellowship of the Ring. Like it's so bad, I can't even fathom yeah. that scene. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's so it's so the overexplained. Hobbit, the Hobbit Part Three is really not even a movie. Shut up. It's a good. It, it's a fun action movie. No, it's not. It's not. I fucking fell asleep in the theater. All right, let's talk about the Last Jedi, Rick. Let's talk about the fucking Last Jedi. Everybody hates that movie. No, not everyone hates that movie. Go look at the goddamn Rotten Tomato score. Tell me the critics hate that movie. They All right, it. so top three actors. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> another another conversation from that episode. Come at me, prequel nerds. Last Jedi is better than all of them by a far, far, far amount. Anyway. Oh, you're a liar. Wait, you just lie. Far better than all the... the all the prequels. The and I believe it is the best Star Wars movie. You're wrong. Of, of all, like of uh, all of them, it's the best. It's the best made Star Wars movie, and we'll, that's a hill I'm going to die on. But we're going to die on that in our last Jedi episode. It, Derek, um, I got to go, man. I can't be on uh, the podcast anymore. <laughs> I'm, I, I already left. My bad. Dude, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not out of here. The rest, not, of, this, the rest even, of this episode is me telling you how great it is. I'm not even a big Star Wars fan. Everyone knows that. I'm not even that big of a. But I got to say, okay, let's. We'll, we'll talk. You know what, Luke. You come back for this episode. Okay. You know what? He's going to have to get in line because we get a lot of people who want to be on that episode. Oh, in the last Jedi? Okay. My, name is, my name is Luke, okay? I deserve number one spot for that. <laughs> well, that's but. great. You should, you should know right. then that it's Luke Skywalker's finest hour in that movie. As he saved I'm, not, I'm not saying it didn't have good scenes. No, no, no. I'm no. Yeah. no, no I'm, I'm, I love him coming back. Uh, well, I mean, coming back. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. love that scene. It's fantastic. But a movie as a whole... We'd have to talk about that. Well, uh, it's it's that's going to be our first four-hour episode. So <laughs> yes, we're gonna have, we're gonna have six guests on it, all yelling at me. Right. Uh, but anyway, you're right. Let's get to our top three. Well, uh, we give out medals. It can be an actor. It can be a part of the crew. It can be somebody else. Whoever impacted, benefited from, won the movie. So let's uh, let's start. My bronze, Michael J. Fox. Just there's something about him in this era. He's incredibly charming. Got the character of Marty just down to like a science. He's he's perfect in that role. He's great. Derek, who do you have for your bronze? I just want to quickly say my runner-ups were Ty Robert Zemeckis, Alan Silvestri, who did the, an amazing score, mm -hmm. and Bob Gale, of course, the writer. Um, but my number three is Christopher Lloyd. Um, he's he's brilliant in these movies. He's so funny, so quirky. I love the scene where he he meets himself. It's he's just great all around. There's nothing more I can say about just how great he is as an actor. I mean, the guy played fucking Fester from the Adams Family. He's unrecognizable, and then he's playing this part. He's just so good. Absolutely, Lucas. Do you have for uh, for your bronze? Yeah, I'd have I'd have to agree with Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, the scene where he and Marty are running past each other as he's explaining like the timeline. I mean, he's just he's brilliant in everything. Do you remember you, you remember what scene that is where he's talking about going to the past and then going to the future and they keep passing each other, they keep running past each other. That's I think his like one of his best scenes in, in the whole movie. Best yeah, scene. he's he's great. Uh, yeah, he's just fantastic. Um, nothing more to say about that. So my silver is a tie here. It goes to Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, mostly for the script. Though the directing is very good as well. 
the most enduring thing probably about this movie, like in culture, is that, you know, 2015 stuff where it's just like, oh, the weird like technology, the weird like the Cubs won the World Series. They were one year off. That's, uh, you know, it's all that stuff is that's in the script. And it's just these guys know what they're doing, uh, to say the least. So silver medal of them. Derek, who do you have for silver? Uh, silver goes to Michael J. Fox. Uh, like you said before, he knows exactly who this character is in this movie. His his reactions to things, he's so he's much more over the top in this movie than he is in the first one, and I like that. It, it shows Michael J. Fox's, you know, how how good his acting skills actually are. And uh, I love that he does the whole Eddie Murphy thing where he's playing different parts and, the, and he's playing the, the sister. And I thought it was just a fun surprise. You know, it's when they were talking about it, I'm sure in the writing room, they were like, won't the, he's like, the, just picture the audience in the theater erupting with laughter. And it's, just a, it's a great moment, you know? So I, I think that, um, I think that MJ Fox does, uh, does a great job. He's my number two. And let's, let's, let's note that he plays two Martys basically. Like he plays. Yeah. 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 I, I almost wish we saw like alternate 1985 Marty in Switzerland. <laughs> what that yeah. would have been like and marty is just like a, a dick you're supposed to be in switzerland you son of a bitch yeah <laughs> luke's yeah for who do you have for silver uh it's a little bit of a team effort for silver it's the the little girl with the little pink hoverboard who, all right who is like you know i don't want that thing i got a pit bull now and then the second part of that is the little pink hoverboard that continues into <laughs> into number three and actually without that hoverboard uh the train would have gone over the edge and, and everybody would have died. So, so basically hoverboards get your silver medal. Yeah. I mean, the hoverboard, I mean, yeah, it's one of the, this, this is, this is a, this is an, a first time on our episode that an object made the top three. Don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. <laughs> That's <Or> amazing. Not. <laughs> I love it. All right. So gold. And I would be pretty surprised if this isn't across the board, Thomas Wilson, mm-hmm. he plays, Really, if you count the if you count the preview of part three at the end, he plays five different villains. Yes. He plays young Biff, he plays old Biff, he plays Griff, he plays Trump Biff, and he plays Mad Dog. Wild. And they're all of them are different. <laughs> and like all of them are effective. It's it's a fucking masterwork. Like he's he is putting in the effort and he's absolutely killing it in this movie. And he's a just worthy gold medal winner, in my opinion. Derek, I'm guessing you concur. He is the goldest of the gold I've ever golded before. He is the absolute best in this movie by far. There's no one even close to him. I had a hard time recasting him. Um, and, and he, I just, I'm so surprised that just his career didn't take off, but I, I kind of get it too. And, uh, but yeah, he is so incredible in this movie. Like you said, every role he does in this, every different part of Biff, it's completely different. And, um, he absolutely just knocks it out of the park. So he's my gold. Absolutely. Lucas, do you, do you, you making the trifecta or you have something different? I mean, I got to go with Jeffrey Weissman. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Biff. Yeah, of course, Biff. Biff. It's Biff. Yeah. Um, it. yeah. What 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 have what can I say that you haven't said, either of you? Um, not much. I mean, he's. Oh, where what like, what did he do after that? You remember Freaks and Geeks? He was the gym teacher in Freaks and Geeks, that TV show. I remember but seeing the show. I don't even remember him in that. That's he, crazy. He's a brilliant actor, and it makes me it makes me wonder if he, Back to the Future killed it for him. 
Like, he got a bit typecast. He has a he did some stand up comedy. He did a lot of voice acting as well. Oh, uh, okay. stand up comedy. Really? He's oh yeah, you he has, you you've never seen that video of him. He say he plays the guitar and he talks about his career and like who he's met in Hollywood. I get I'll send you that video right after this. You will has, laugh so hard. He has like a a card that he hand or maybe yeah. that is like all the questions that he he gets asked about. It well, is that brilliant. might be Crispin Glover as well. I think they both have like business cards. They're like here are my frequently asked. Uh, back to the future questions read the just, card butthead yeah <laughs> yeah hello he's had a, a great run on the show legend tomorrow on the cw a couple of years ago okay. uh he was he was he's still acting and he's yeah. like he still shows up from time to time but he's yeah he'll, he'll forever be biff so there, there's a there's a, i gotta say this there's a guy that i knew when i lived in chicago who he's a super cool guy but he's like the biggest movie fan i mean he, he's got every toy from every everything ever made like sure. it's ridiculous right and he he's the one that gets hired he was hired personally by carrie fisher to like drive her around the 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 uh, comic cons and stuff right anyway he's always posting photos where he's got to like wear the t-shirt uh that says like star picks or whatever and he poses with the different actors and he's posted several of them from from the back to the future cast and uh thomas wilson always always looks pissed off like he's always playing the Biff part. That's amazing. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he has to. He, he's the ultimate WWE heel. Yeah. <laughs> he's always the bag. I love it. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So those are the medals. Great job. Now let's go to recasting. Now I just want to briefly go over because there really aren't any, aren't any new characters in this movie. So let me go over what we did last time we talked about when we, when we, when we did part one. So Derek, last time you declined to recast the movie. I did. Yep. You did. Do you, did you? Yep, I cast, I cast a okay. four this time. So we'll get to that. So, so my recasting, and I don't have any updates on it, but I, I do stand by these ones. I've got uh, Zoe Deutsch, Leah Thompson's daughter, as Lorraine. I've got Tom Holland as Marty, and I've got Jim Carrey as Doc. And Chris recast Doc either today or at the time. If he was going to cast today, he would have had Paul Giamatti as Doc, and or if he cast it, recast it in '85, he would have stuck with the cast of Taxi and had either Andy Kaufman or Danny DeVito as Doc. Hmm. My God! So with that being said, Derek, did you re, you recast it this time? Who who did? I, I did, but my, my my first two were the same as yours. Jim Carrey and Tom Holland are just okay. like it's such a perfect new thing like i could just perfectly see it and now that rick and morty is so humongous i could see it even more now i'm seeing them in like almost like the animated characters and uh, but i will say that i did i did one for biff i did one for lorraine so for lorraine i was trying to find an actress who could play young and old because it's difficult to do that to look old and also look young and all that i did rachel mcadams because i remember how young she looked in girls and i know she wasn't that age and uh, i figure she could kind of here's the problem she it would be tough. You'd have to use like the 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 Irishman de aging technology at this point. I don't know. I don't think her face looks a she, lot different. I think she looks a. If you put her next to Tom Holland, maybe Tom she, Holland. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right about that. Um, yeah. But then again, he's well. Yeah. I don't know. It was tough. And then for my Biff, like this, this. Let's put it this way. This was not as good as my Godfather casting. We all know that I I blew that out of the fucking water. That was your magnum opus. I, I, I how many did I do? I did fourteen characters in the Godfather perfectly. Um, but this well, one, pat yourself on the back a little, Jesus. I mean, just I mean, uh, and also Gia helped a lot with that. So, <laughs> but um, my Biff, it was really hard. I went with Chris Hemsworth. 
I don't even know if I like it now. Yeah. Maybe a couple hours ago, I liked it even more. But I, I think he could pull it off. He could be – he's definitely played a bully before. I think yeah. in, like, Cabin in the Woods, he was kind of like that jock bully. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Thomas Wilson was just born for this role. Yeah, Chris yeah. Hemsworth is, is – is, I didn't even think of that because I immediately thought of Fat Thor. And thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, put that in the place of Biff. Um, right. He's probably a little old to play young Biff, but I think he's the only one that can do like be threatening and do the comedy. Yeah, he's like thirty-seven now. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was thirty-seven. Thirty-seven playing a high schooler, but I mean, we saw that in Greece when Stalker Channing, who played Rizzo, was thirty-five and played a high schooler in Greece. So oh, Ralph Macchio is still playing like high school kids, right? <laughs> yeah, like, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Re- Greece is not uh, not a great story, but we'll get to that. That's that's maybe my hot <laughs> oh, take for the yeah, oh. Greece. Greece isn't good. Okay, uh, leave me out of that one. All right, <laughs> I'm not a big Greaser. I'm just saying, you know, I just mentioned that movie. You're not a big Greaser. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely more of a uh, what's the other thing? Not Greaser, but a pink lady. Square. <laughs> no, 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 not pink lady. No, I'm not a greaser. I'm definitely one of the pink ladies. You're, you're more of a pink lady, Derek. <laughs> definitely. All right, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, uh, Lucas, do you have any any recasting? Yeah, I mean, I I, I did this sort of last minute, so um, my bad. But hey, I, I wasn't gonna say it, man. I <laughs> Let's throw Derek under the bus a little bit. I yeah, deserve Derek, it. So Derek do it. dropped every ball he could. This I week. dropped all the balls. <laughs> all the balls. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I thought could be a good Marty. Maybe I don't know. Um, He's got a young face. But you, could, we could do it if we cast it in the '90s. If if we like ten things I hate about you era. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, he's, could a little, say it. he's a little old for it now, but probably yeah. now. But at, at the time, yeah. I actually thought George McFly could have been like Adrian Brody could have actually played that pretty well. I think he's yeah. I don't hate that. Quirky yeah. enough. I could I could see that. Biff, I couldn't. I I tried to think of someone else. It's hard, I, I isn't it? Um, but I actually think uh, Michael Sheen would play a really good doc. You know. Michael yeah. Sheen. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, I thought I think that's that's a good match because I I'm that's really good. Yeah. I love him, so I think he he could do a really good job of that. So, but I swear, if anybody tries to remake any of these movies, I'll lose my shit. It's 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 not going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Because that's just how creatively bankrupt Hollywood is. The second that Zemeckis, Gale, and Spielberg die, and the, the second they're all gone, yeah. some studio is going to jump right on this. I don't know there's any reason to do that. I mean, personally, I think Rick and Morty is the greatest show on television right now. It's the smartest. It's the funniest. It's the most. It's, it's everything I wanted in Back to the Future that's extra. So there's no point to it. And I get that's a show when I get episodes every week. So I don't really even realize why they do something like that. But that's just me. Well, it's, so. a different, it's a different type of humor. It is. It is. It it's is. a parody. And I think, a, I think it's a good show, but I think it's, it, it gets – I think people overrate it. I think I it's don't a think fine so. show. I, 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 I don't think it's overrated at all. I've actually not seen it. So it is. It is the most intelligent. Every every episode, I think, is absolutely brilliant. Personally, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah if you, if you go into it with that set of expectations, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, just go in thinking it's like it's a fun time. It's a fun half hour. Um, th- like nothing can live up to the, the the way that Rick and Morty fans talk about Rick and Morty. Uh, okay, Rick, keep yeah. going. And my name's in the title. I mean, I uh, never thought of that because you're just not worth no- noting, you know. So, that's, all right. Yeah, so, next category. <laughs> yeah. What are the, what are all the great Derek shows, Derek? Let's see. There's 
shit. Yeah, exactly. Dare shit. Dare shit. One, one of the great multi-time Emmy winning shows, Dare shit. You've never seen Dare shit? It's four seasons. <laughs> oh, no, I have. It's great. Six seasons, a movie. <laughs> so, uh, Speaking of names, has anybody been named Biff since 1985? I don't think Biff. any Biffs exist anymore. That's got to be a nickname, right? His name, his name has to be like Biffington or something. Or, or yeah. Yeah. Well, Buford. Maybe maybe Biff is short for Buford. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I've never met a Biff I've liked. So. B- B- Biffum Biff Biffle. Nah, I guess not. Well, we t- well we talked about the Godfather a couple of weeks ago. Godfather two a couple of weeks ago. I mean, there hasn't been a Fredo since the seventies. Right? <laughs> well, Alfredo <laughs> killed that killed that name. Like, I mean, there's been Alfredos. Nobody wanted to name never, their kid Fredo. Nobody wanted that. to be Fredo. Tom took off. Michael took off. Santino, Sonny took well, off. I don't. I don't know if Michael and Tom took off. <laughs> Not took think, off, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I think they continued to be very popular names. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think the name. I think if you look at the name Fredo after nineteen after the seventies after Godfather two, it just plummeted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My son Fredo, I don't give a shit. I hope Do he's it. weak. I hope Do he's it. weak. I hope Do he's it. the weak one and the dumb one. Do it. Name your son Fredo. Fredo Smith. Fredo Smith. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, so Twitter for all the week, uh, at Back to the Future. They're pretty active. A lot of fun stuff there coming from that account. Lucas, do you have a Twitter that we can uh, that we can plug? I, no. All right. So, no. That's <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I, no. All right. Not even on Twitter. No, I am on Twitter, but I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. It's good. Okay. If you can find him, it's a fun game. You can find Lucas on Twitter. Follow him. Uh, <laughs> so what this movie does best, I have, I think, probably probably the most iconic vision of the near future in a movie. Like, I, I think there's different movies that go further into the future. Uh, but the fact is, like, all right, this is going to be in 30 years, and it's kind of the most famous version of that Derek what yeah. do you have what does this movie do, do best? um I think that uh it, it's it's what it does better it has the the complex chain of events without any holes in it um I really am watching this movie and I'm going there's a chance for them to really screw this up and and, and do a really bad plot hole but there really isn't any and if there is they're tiny and it, it really works I think it really works and I think they did a really good job writing it and it's complex um and I think this in my opinion for so many you know so many uh, you know, chain of events that they did, the, you know, I don't think there's any other movie that really did this much back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with, you know, you know, and a lot of detail with, with not a lot of holes. So I think it, it, that's my answer there. All right, Lucas, what does this movie do better than any other? Yeah, so I think <clears throat> it is the fact that both Carl Sagan and, uh, well, first of all, it was his favorite movie. Um, and then I can't remember the, Japanese string theory scientist guy's name. But, um, and I believe Neil deGrasse Tyson also said that out of all the science fiction time travel type movies, Back to the Future gets it closest to what is actually, you know, theoretically possible. Um, And so I I love the fact that um, a movie even is, you know, going back to 1985, right, being made was closer than any other movie to being spot on uh you know you've got like the martian you've got interstellar all these you know sci-fi movies and they're all like nope there's so many things that are wrong with it and 
none of those guys could find a whole hell of a lot that was wrong with these movies. So it's, it's paralleling what Derek is saying as far as, you know, the, the plot holes really being sewed up tight for the most part that I can't think of any. Um, so I just love the fact that not only is it incredibly entertaining, hilarious, action-packed, dramatic, all of the things that you love in a movie, but it's also accurate. Yep. Not that that needs to be because, you know, Lord of the Rings is an amazing series of books and films, but, you know, that's a, a, a whole unique world. So the fact that it could do that on uh, uh, something that is, is more realistic, I think, is freaking awesome. Yes, yeah, there's, so, there's, there's so many details that they do that you could have easily screwed this up. Yeah. But they really checked everything, and I think they, they, they nailed it. Well, even down to, like, you know, if you meet your future self or your past self, you know, there could be, like, a what's he say, some sort of black Paradox. hole but maybe Paradox. just localized Paradox. to our galaxy yeah yeah and he's like of course that's that's the worst that could happen you know maybe it'll just be our universe that's destroyed you know things like that yeah. I think. yep i could go on but yeah all right so that's uh, that's what we think of the movie but every year the academy of arts and sciences takes a vote and they decide what the best movies of the year are and this is a year that we have as i mentioned earlier we've revisited re before with our old friend bruce wayne in batman 1989 um but back to the future 2 was nominated did not win in the oscars was nominated for one it was nominated for best visual effects we were lost to the abyss mm -hmm. uh which i you know the abyss for a time was very revolutionary so i can't argue that too much but let's go through the major nominees because we uh we did make some changes to make a couple of changes in uh, in our previous episode so best picture this is again this is the year where where spike lee and do the right thing get absolutely screwed and driving miss daisy wins best picture and other nominees are born on the fourth of july dead Poets society field of dreams and my left foot so is anyone going to make the case that Back to the Future 2 should be nominated for Best Picture? A tough year. I mean... I mean, the worst movie that was nominated won. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad movies like uh, Field of Dreams are up there, and uh, uh, there's one other one you mentioned that I like, too. Um, but, uh, Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I, I'd, like to, I'd probably bounce on Driving Miss Daisy for Back to the Future Part 2, honestly. I would not say Back to the Future Part Two should be nominated for an Oscar. I, I, it's, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. I guess, I guess what they're looking. I mean, again, the Oscars are usually looking for like, the, the yeah, most dram the dramatic like, punches of movies. And Back to the Future Part Two doesn't really hold a dramatic punch. It's more fun. Yeah. So I, I get that. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, think, and, I think you're right. Yeah, and I just don't. I don't think it has the. I, it's and I'm not opposed to a comedy or a lighter movie being nominated for for Best Picture. I just don't know that this rises to the level and like the, the fact of the matter is like eventually when we do our do the right thing episode i'm going to fucking bounce driving miss daisy with a vengeance so right yeah i get you yeah yes yeah. so, I, I, I don't think it should have gotten an award for yeah this picture I, as much as i love it but let's face it the first one was amazing the second one is I mean, they're all they're all great but the second one it definitely borders on cult classic more in comparison to the first you know what i mean does it make sure. sense i, I think yeah. it's a little bit, a little bit more off the off the 
off the beaten path. I think I think I if you know, and I I would have to go back and listen to the Oscar segment for yeah you know, for part one, but that's I mean that's a classic that absolutely should have been nominated at least at least nominated if not wins best best picture that year. But part two I wouldn't I wouldn't make the case necessarily. So best director, so won by Oliver Stone for Born on the Fourth of July. Woody Allen, our old acquaintance, is nominated. We're not going to say he's our friend. Peter Weir nominated for Dead Poet Society. Jim Sheridan for My Left Foot. Now, Kenneth Branagh was nominated for Best Director, but we bounced him for Tim Burton for Batman. Oh. Did what we do was, that? Was Kenneth Branagh, what was his film that year? Henry V. Oh, okay. Mm. Just a Shakespeare. Just yeah. a, a Branagh Shakespeare. Nice. Yeah, it's weird now. I'm, th- I'm like rethinking things now. I think that Robert Zemeckis did a great job. I mean, like we talked about, there's no plot holes. Yeah. And, and, and a very, very complex movie. I don't know if a lot of movies that got nominated can do that. But, say but are that. we talking writing or are we talking directing? I mean... Because we we got to be talking about directing here. He directed it great. But, sure. But I mean... Is, but I, I would say, like... All right, fine. Let's just leave him off then. Robert Zemeckis got his award with Forrest Gump. I mean, you know, he's... I think we may have kicked him out of that. I think we may have said Tarantino. You know, <laughs> for, uh, for yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, but I mean, yeah, now, that's fine. I'm, now I'm definitely hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think oh, you're I, you're gonna stand up for for uh, for Forrest Gump? Yeah, yeah. Over oh. over over Pulp Fiction? Yep. Oh man, I, I can't agree with over that. Over Shawshank? Not over. It it doesn't rise. It doesn't rise to either of those movies, in my opinion. It's a it's a cool movie. I like it, but I mean. Shawshank and Pulp Fiction, uh, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, both, I mean, they're all, fan- they're all to that, t- I mean, you're splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's basically like, what, what, what's your preference, you know what it, I mean? Exactly. Forrest Gump, I will literally watch that three times a year. Like, yeah. it, it's one of my favorite. I, Forrest Gump, The Princess Bride, you know, those movies are, are, are untouchable. Nothing comes close to them in my, in my book. But I can't argue it, you know. All right. If we get in, if we get into the forest gum now, we'll be here all night. But uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so we're so Zemeckis, we're leaving him out for part for part two. I think we did put him in for part one. I'd be shocked if we didn't. So best actor, do we want to consider? It would have to be Michael J. Fox. I love him. I love him in this movie. But I mean, <laughs> let's go through the let's go through the uh, the nominees. So your uh, Derek, your pick to play Vito Corleone, Daniel Day Lewis, uh, one for my left foot, of course. Kenneth Branagh, who we bounced from directing, was nominated for an actor playing Henry V, case of King Henry. Uh, Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July. Morgan Freeman in Driving Miss Daisy, and Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. No, I, I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Michael J. Fox in there. It's too. It's it's. I mean, I'm. I, I don't like Tom Cruise at all as an actor, but <laughs> I think I think I the book. I would substitute Tom Cruise for my my freaking left ass cheek. I can't stand that guy. So I think yeah. he's a good actor. I would not want to spend more than ten seconds with him. I have spent more than ten seconds with him, and he's. I'd rather watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's great scared. in some movie. He seems like he'd be very intense. He just—he seems like a scary guy for 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 his for what he thinks. But you know, I, I just don't think Michael J. Fox. Maybe, maybe born on the Fourth of July. I read the book. I didn't see the movie, and I thought the book was a powerhouse. I'm sure the movie is too. So I guess maybe Tom Cruise is going to get in there no matter what. So I, I'll just leave Michael J. Fox out in my opinion. So I don't think there's anyone that would qualify for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. 
or best supporting, unless someone wants to make a Elizabeth Shoe case or a or a uh, yeah. Lorraine who plays Lorraine. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So best supporting actor Thomas Wilson with a fucking not a shadow of a doubt needs let's, to get a nom. Let's go through. Let's go through. So it's won by Denzel Washington in Glory. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Danny Aiello is nominated for Do the Right Thing. Marlon Brando, the actual Vito Corleone for A Dry White Season. Martin Landau in Crimes and Misdemeanors. And Dan Aykroyd was nominated for Driving Miss Daisy, but we bounced him for Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Easily. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Makes, I mean, that, that makes, I think you're going to say Dan Aykroyd for uh, Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. For, for his two lines in that. Yeah, here's a plane. Uh, don't have you seen any aliens? Oh, don't, don't, aren't you the archaeologist, Doctor Jones? <laughs> Whatever he says. Uh, yeah, I uh, mean, Crystal Cloud Vodka. Uh, <laughs> T- Thomas Thomas Wilson goes in there. Um, who we knock it out? Let's knock out Mar- Martin Landau. Fuck, fuck him. <laughs> I have fuck no Martin. problem with this man whatsoever. But. I would say. As sacrilegious as it seems, we bounce Brando because it, by this point, Brando had lost his mind. I mean, come on, though. He's Brando. He's the fucking, he's the goat. I don't care, I don't care uh, who that's, he is. That's, that's, I mean, you might actually have the mob come after you for saying that. Like, that's, that's, that's hard. I don't even think the mob is going to say like, oh, yeah, fucking 80s and 90s, late 80s, 90s Brando. Hey, the, freshman, the, the freshman is a freaking work of genius. Come on. I don't think, I don't think the, the fucking, like, the, the mobbed up guys being like, hey, a fucking Island of Dr. Moreau is my you know, fucking You know jam. what? I, <laughs> I will tell you this, though. I've never heard of the movie he was nominated for that year, so... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm basing it on. Like, Crimes and Misdemeanors yeah. is, is, like, a classic. All right, you know what? You know what? Brando had his... He had his fun. Dump him. Go ahead. So, we'll throw right. in Thomas, Thomas Wilson over Brando. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you did it. That was you. Yeah, you like okay. he went over everybody. So are you gonna make the case for him to win? Oh yeah. Oh, Thomas Wilson wins that. He does. He puts in so much work. He deserves it. Denzel Washington was great in Glory, but you know what? I feel like a lot of actors could have pulled that off. I would probably say for me it'd be Aiello of the of the five we have nominated. Are the, are the, are the fucking guineas back on my side now that I get Danny Aiello getting the win? Listen, listen. I'm a straight up guinea. I may have a last name that's English, but I'm a straight up guinea. Everyone knows that. <laughs> okay. If I insult, if I insult okay, anybody, Derek Smith. From okay. Rick Barrasso. Uh, okay, great. You know, you know, we, we can go. We can go about my parents' actual names. Uh, is, you know, Smitherino, <laughs> Smith, Smitherelli. Derek Smith's a cover-up. My real name is Luigi Smitherelli. Yeah. All right. Speak. All right, Mr. Smitherelli. Now's the. All right. So nobody for best best supporting actress. Now is the time. The most important part of the show, I would say where I'm going to throw 30 seconds, not on Spotify, but on an actual stopwatch. And you're going to tell us why. Back to the Future Part 2 is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. This movie packs in so much Complex storylines, great acting, great, great uh, writing of characterization, great directing. There's not really a bad part of this movie. I'm not saying it's The Godfather, but I'm saying it's a great, great film. If you haven't seen it yet, you're stupid. I'm not even saying like, oh, you go watch it. You're already just dumb for not watching this movie. You should skip over the first one and go right to Back to Future Part 2. Will it confuse you? Yeah, but I don't give a shit. 
that's that's time. That's, that's uh, <laughs> quite the case. That was. I think that was my most out of control thirty greatest, seconds. It's the greatest movie of all time. You're gonna be confused, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely out of control during those. 30 you don't seconds. deserve to know what's going on. You pieces of shit. <laughs> Very angry at the audience today. Yeah, I don't know what they did to you. They didn't watch this movie. I, I mean, you know, we that's. I mean, they're listening to the episode for recommendations. So, I mean, listen, right. if you're going to watch it, let me uh, implore you to watch part one first. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch, watch them in order. Watch this one. is not going to make any sense to you if you don't watch Back to the Future part one. But maybe maybe you skip to part two and just like and just go back to part one afterwards. And maybe it makes more sense to you. I don't know. Uh, do what you got to do. So that has been our episode on Back to the Future part two. I want to thank Lucas for being on the show. Lucas, do you have anything to plug at all that you want our audience to uh, to be made aware of? No, I don't think so. Yeah, watch number one. It's kind of like a little bit of crack cocaine, which I've never done. But you've <laughs> got to start with one, which will lead you to number two. And then you'll have to finish it with number three all in the same day, just like I did last week. And I forced my children to sit there and watch it with me. Because you can't just watch one. It's like that Doritos uh or Lay's Potato Chips. I can't remember which one it was. You, know, you can't just have one or however that went. You have to watch all three in one well, thing yeah. with a ton of junk food and feel like shit the rest of the day. Peanut butter M&Ms all day. All day. All day, every day. Peanut yep. butter M&Ms? Oh, come on, Rick. Don't, don't even get me started on peanut that. Peanut M&Ms. Oh, my God. Those are great, but peanut bu- anything peanut butter and chocolate is number one. Come on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what are you doing here? Actually, you know what? Funny Bones is the greatest food of all time. I don't even care what anyone says. Not it's even the, the best greatest dessert. Greatest food of all time. <laughs> greatest food. Funny Bones. <laughs> What's the Funny Bones? You know how a Funny Bones? It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, is it Drake? Is it Drake's or is it? Uh, I don't know, it's one of those. It's it's basically it looks kind of like a yodel, but there's peanut butter in it instead. Hold on, I'm looking at that. There, my sister and I do. Oh my god, we, we got a box a of Funny Bones. Quality oh. peanut butter. It's like a Twinkie. It's, like it's a, a tw- it's basically a Twinkie, but it's chocolate it's has peanut butter in it. Yeah, it's in the. We're gonna plug Funny Bones. Have a Funny Bone. Have a have a Devil <laughs> Dog. Uh, tell me which one you like better. Devil um, dogs are dry, devil dogs are dry, but they're, they, dry. they're good. Right. But they're, but they're right. good. If you get a glass they're of milk good. with you, you're good. You, get, you need milk. You need milk for it to. You know, what? have a devil double stuff Oreo. Probably the, really the best food ever. Made. Uh, now 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 we're talking. Yeah. Have a sleeve of double stuff Oreos and uh, and watch. No, 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 no. Ma- make mega stuff. Let's go even further. No, that's too much. The, the ratio is off at that point. Double stuff is the ideal ratio. All right. Well, you got to start with something, but you've all, you've got to have your constant, right? So you've got a, the salad bowl of peanut butter M and M's. Salad bowl. bowl. Here, like a one where- pound bag. The one pound bag. So that's a constant pick at, right? And then you've got your double stuffed Oreos. You've got your, you know. Cool Ranch Doritos, and it's going to be Pepsi when you're walking back, back to the Back to the Future. Oh man! Yeah, let me ask. Let, let me see. I don't see. I don't. I'm not doing soda. I, I'm not doing soda for this. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a soda guy either. But it's a good point. I'll drink. I'll drink a gallon of Blue Hawaiian Punch with this. Ooh, I'm gonna let my that head, sit. I'm just gonna let head, that sit for a second. My head will explode. <laughs> a gallon of Hawaiian. Punch. <laughs> yeah. you guys sold in gallons? Yeah, they sell all the flavors of Hawaiian punch at the supermarkets. Come on, I drive, I walk past it every day, going, "Wow, I wish I didn't." I wish Why I wasn't in the supermarket every day. <laughs> every day, I just want to make. Sure, I just want to make sure all the flavors are there. <laughs> I don't buy them. I want to make sure they're there. Up. Hey, blue. How you doing? Excuse me, cashier. There's no green today. What happened? Nobody bought this. I know nobody bought this. What do you mean they don't make it anymore? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> all right. So that was our episode on, uh, on, on Back to the Future Part 2. Next week, we are going to k- 
cap off sequel month, believe it or not. We're already at the end of sequel month next week when we return to Middle Earth with our good friend Joe Boyne and we talk about the extended edition, god damn it. We are doing the extended edition? I'm doing the extended edition. I don't know about you. All right. Honestly, I think there's an extended scene that's going to make my top three, but we'll see. I think I know which one you're talking about and I agree with you. Yeah, but yeah, well, I'm doing the extended edition. Uh, we're going to read a chapter from the book, apparently. Let's, uh, yes. Derek, you and I are going to have to connect off, off, offline to see what the hell that's going to be. But uh, Okay. Yeah, but yeah, Two Towers, maybe my favorite of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but we'll talk about it. We'll Interesting. See, we'll see. We'll see. And then we go into June, and uh, we're not going to ca- announce my picks yet uh, for the last two weeks of June. But uh, first couple of weeks of June, we are going to perhaps have a guest for Goodfellas. And we're going to have Derek's lovely wife, Gia, back on for The Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> Sweet. I knew somebody was in that movie. You but they, were, they were an extra, yeah. They, they played like an extra in like one of the gangs. But it was cool. What, what gang? Uh, the Gohards. Oh. And uh, yeah, his name is John. I used to work with him. Um, but yeah, he showed me pictures of him in the movie. It was really cool. All right. Well, we'll have that, that story and more. Uh, on June 10th, but uh, yeah, next week, Two Towers, week after that, Goodfellas, and then the Warriors. So we get a, a fun few weeks coming up. I have been your co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I have been your co-host, The Big Deck Boski, even though my nickname originally was Rec, and I screwed up and I said Deck, so now I'm just The Big Deck Boski. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but that's just who I am now. And uh, And Luke, please come back. I want to have you on here again for sure. Oh, thanks. Um, so let's just let's just talk. Let's just talk about. You know, I feel like we could talk a lot about anything. Yeah. Um. So, but we need it. We need to get you on here again to talk about another movie. So, thanks so much for doing this. And I know. This and, you'll, and you'll know what you're, you're, you know what you're supposed to do next time. So we'll be able to. Yeah. <laughs> and again, and, and again, that's that's on me. That's on the big deck, Boski. <laughs> you know what? Um, All good. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it was really Thank fun you. having you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, as always. Keep watching, everybody.